Looking for a better way to connect to your Kickstarter audience? Looking for videos to reach out and inform your followers what exactly is going on, fulfilling campaigns, or, you know, just creating content to interact with? I'm your guy. If you're an author looking to make something, a dynamic video to reach out and actually reach your Kickstarter followers, whether it's offering a cool reward, whether it's answering mail, whether it's whatever you can imagine, I can be there to help you. Check out my Kickstarter services in the description below. On. I'm just going to hit one thing here. That way I don't have to. Stop. One thing here. Don't worry about it. We're almost there. And there we go. Done. Done. All right. We are officially ready to rock and roll here. You ready? I guess before we start, what do you, what exactly did you want to talk about? I, I mean. Uh, we can figure it out as we go. Don't worry about <laughs> okay. it. I, I, I. Like if you listen to any of these shows prior to coming on here, yeah, there's no set topic. Like we could literally talk about. I've had a conversation where we've had Mike Tyson. Where would you rather get hit by Mike Tyson's punch or a car? I've had like serious <laughs> conversations. It like honestly the whole the whole point of the show the real whole yeah. the real point of the show is this is something this is just not just about the. Um, it's not just about what we talk. It's more about like you, right? It's it's as much about you as it is about your art and your product. So, okay, I mean, we could talk about like I said. I don't know. We could we we could talk about the color purple. I don't care, right? And I mean that like not in a terrible way. I mean that more like we'll see where this conversation goes and and see what happens. I'm not okay. worried about it. So, I mean, I've interviewed a twelve year old like not too long ago. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, I if. I like I I really there's no there's there is no fear here. So how you doing today, man? Great, I'm great. Yeah, and it's uh, uh Jorge, Josh, Josh. I'm sorry. Wow, Jorge. Wow. <laughs> sorry, I was talking to someone named Jorge just a few minutes ago before you. So okay, Josh, no. got it. Got it. All right. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of Just Josh, and this is where we're going to start this show. It looks like there we go. Hit the button the way I want them to hit the button. That way I can, if there are comments, uh, hold on a second here, hold on, I didn't write one. Um, boom. There, there we go. Now we are fully ready to go. Like I said, Twitch and and uh, Twitch and Zoom don't get along. They're like brothers that beat each other up, you know? <laughs> so right. That's what, that's what they are. So it, it, I, just, I set up so I can watch comments. Thing about StreamYard versus or Restream or some of these other programs is they do have the benefits. Surely I can actually just watch the comments as they come on there if they do come. Like I said, my show doesn't always have. Oh wow, cool! We got some guests already coming in saying hi. So, um, great anyway, man. How 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 is the day going? And uh, what are you up to, man? We start. We'll start easy. It's good. I'm. Uh, I'm. My name is Steve Crompton. I. Um, I'm a very lucky in that I am a full time uh artist and designer uh i've been working uh in the gaming and comic fields for like you know like 40 years so it's it's a very long time uh and yeah. i'm doing great i i i don't know man i mean i i luck i mean is, is a relative word i think i mean right place right time does play a role in it but if you're doing something for 40 years it usually means you're pretty good at it like i i mean honestly i mean they can like you all they want, but if you're not good, they 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 tell you, right? They might be nice about it, but they tell you. You know what I mean? Sure, and you know that happens to everybody. That's happened. You know, there's been times when, 
you know, I uh, worked somewhere and they were like, hey, you know, you, uh, you're late too many times, you know, or uh, your style just doesn't match what we're doing. And then other places I've worked, people, I've worked for people for 25 years and they loved everything I did. So, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, and it's, I think being a successful artist has a lot to do with being, um, you gotta, you gotta listen to what the customer wants and you have to try and always work, you know, work hard and get it done when they want it and, and try to make something that's exciting and fun for the, the end users, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what games have you worked on? If you don't mind asking. I worked, you know, I was the art director for Flying Buffalo, uh, for about 20, I get to 25 years. Um, I did a lot of, I uh, worked on Tunnels and Trolls, which is the second oldest role-playing game. Uh, I'm currently working uh, with Ken Sanandre and Monsters Monsters. We're doing a lot of new projects with that. Uh, I've done stuff for Goodman Games. I've done stuff for Steve Jackson Games. Okay. Um, I've done some, a couple of little things for Judges Guild back in the day. Uh, you know, I've done Mega Travel Traveler stuff for Mike Miller. So okay. I've worked on a lot of games over the years. Yeah, you, yeah, there's something about you that screams gamer, like Steve Jackson games. I'm well aware of like Munchkin or like something or other stuff. I did a bunch of stuff for their magazine, their Space Gamer magazine, and then right. also in some of their GURPS supplements back in the probably the mid 1980s. Probably the last time I, you know, they probably reprinted some of that art over the years, but that was probably the last time I did stuff for them on a regular basis. Wow. Um, so you've been doing this, like I said, like, like when he's 1980s, that's like, wow, I was, I was a kid. Like that, so you've been you've been a big part of this culture for a very long time. Yeah, I did yeah. the my very first real published work was I worked on the Grimtooth Traps books for Flying Buffalo. Um, we ended up doing seven of those. Uh, there were each book had 101 traps for any role playing system. Yes, and they were really successful. And uh, I was still in high school when I started working on the first traps book, and that was that was the summer. I think it was the fall of 1980. Okay. That, was, that was when I first started where and that book was published in uh this the spring of 1981 so you kind of fell into this now like in, in some in some ways yeah so I go way you know I'm I'm not as I'm not first generation RPG industry but I'm pretty close so yeah you're you're, you're if you're not one you're one a like that's, that's there you go. yes yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You're not one. You're one a like that's how long. Like, yeah. No, I mean, so you've you've been you've been a big big quiet development for some of the communities that are out there for some of these games, right? So, um, it's funny because I just helped a I just helped somebody on a Kickstarter for that's doing role playing stuff, like designing his own role playing stuff. So, it's amazing how much that that industry has evolved, and how much it stayed the same too. Like, it, it's actually. Yes. Of all, I think of all the communities, the tabletop board game community is probably, it's, it's both the most static, but also probably the one that's most, it's, it's a weird balance of, we like this particular kind of way of doing things, but we'll try all these new different systems out through, throughout. So it, it, it's a fascinating part of the entertainment industry. Yeah, absolutely. When I, when I first started working at Flying Buffalo as a store clerk, they hired me. Uh, I was very polite. I was good with, you know, kind of courtesy customer service stuff. So they had me in the store. They also hired me because I was a drafter. But, you know, we were selling most of our, a lot of our products we were selling were those old hex board games, right? Okay. Back in 1980. Uh, SPI was still publishing all sorts of that kind of stuff. And that was, that was 
the second part of the gaming industry at the time. Now that's almost vanished. I mean, there are still people doing those kinds of games, but they're very few and far between, and they're not a major component anymore. It's all role-playing, card games, and board games, you know, yeah. uh, sort of much more uh, open to a larger market, you know. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when I was, uh, a lot of things that people, you know, like collectible card games, things like that didn't exist. There was no such no, thing. That, that that came in the 90s with magic yeah. and uh I, i'm a big collectible card game guy like i still i still play commander i don't actually play much more competitive magic anymore but once oh yeah i'm that's fine that was that was my area but uh, i mean like games are a big like games have like board games i think have had the biggest resurgence of the last like 10 years i mean there's just they're so complex now compared to like what i remember when i was a kid and started now it's just like you look at something like Arkham Horror and you're like, whoa, like even the setting up takes work now. It, it's like, but it, it's, we have become very elaborate in our gaming systems, whether it's board games, card games, or even role-playing games, right? Oh, yeah. The, there, it has become, each of them has almost has its own like world building and storytelling that, are, that, that has very become much more evolved as it has grown. Yeah, it's it's a much the whole world building aspect is huge I'm, compared to what it used to be. I remember playing games like Sorcerer's Cave or Dungeon or uh, Hunt the Snitch, and those games the world was irrelevant. You were in a dungeon and you had to kill monsters and get treasure, or you were trying to hunt this goofy creature inside a, you know, inside a, a limited area. There was no world building to it. It was just you know, an abstract game that you played in this setup, you know, and, and uh, I think partly that's been an effect, I suspect, of of, of uh, world building in general. You look at superhero movies and they used to be, you know, it used to be, here's a movie about Superman. You know, there's Superman, there's Lois Lane, there's Jimmy Olsen, and there's, you know, the rest of the, well, all the rest of the DC universe doesn't exist. They, you know, it's not even mentioned. There's no bigger world with all that stuff. And and now that's all this big shared universe where it's all, oh, yeah, well, over here, there's, you know, Batman in this city and there's Green Arrow over here. And there's, you know, and Marvel has built this vast universe. And I think that's spread out to all aspects of genre fiction, whether it's novels or games or computer games, where everybody says, well, we got to build a whole universe, you know. Well, I think fantasy in particular I, I think definitely fits that fits that because uh, fantasy requires I think since Tolkien right which it was since yeah. Tolkien there has been a bigger emphasis on world building. Um, I've always been more of a Narnia guy than Lord of the Rings, but again, giving credit where credit is due, uh, Lord of the Rings has definitely definitely changed the game forever, and I think everybody's been kind of copying that. Okay, yeah, right. There's a bigger story going on. And we're telling one part of a much larger story. And sometimes, sometimes I think, I think what's happened in the case of comics, I think, I think in some ways, um, you know, especially if you look at the movies, um, I think they're trying to go back to something simpler a little bit, because it's asking a lot to like, like I, I've had this conversation on, on the show before. I, I, I've been like I think superhero movies have kind of been there's kind of a fatigue I think right now I think and some of what's going on, but I think part of it too is I remember getting to Avengers Endgame and while I enjoyed that journey that was like twenty movies, 
right? Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that if an audience wants to do another twenty, right? They might want to do just a really good one, right? And that gets and that's it's almost like I think comics are in kind of a similar boat, like because of the way things are. I don't want a complex mega event happening over the I over the next two years. Give me a good character in a cool world telling a neat story. I don't need much more than that. And maybe I, I maybe again this is just me showing my age and just wanting something a little simpler. But I think I think I think there's a there is a fine line between. I think there's good work. I think every good product, like whether it's a game, a book, a movie, even music, you name it has world building aspects into in it yeah but i think the fine line is okay how much is too much right how much is okay it i i remember going to san diego comic-con this year i was, I, was about, I went to the young adult conference i think the one thing that stood, stood out from that besides a, a few revelations about where i think the industry is going um victoria aviard had said something really good it's like does the audience really need i know in my world how the rice trade works in my universe. Oh yeah. Right, right. Do, does the audience really need to know that? It's really <laughs> good. Like, like, right. Like there, there is a point, right. And, and that's, and that's the thing. Like it, it's really easy. I think world building can be a super fun. I think it's a, it's a cool part of, of any good story is you have to have an idea of how your world works. But I also think there's also points like, you know what? Um, I, I like the fact that they're like Brandon Sanderson has his Cosmere and every but every world has its own rules. But what he's able to do very well is each universe has its own story. And it doesn't try to it doesn't try to grab things from here, there and everywhere. I think comics are moving. I think mainstream comics are moving slightly away from that event. I think it's partly the economy, but it's also I, I just think there's there, there's a point it's like, okay, it's really cool when we get them all together. But it's also cool sometimes to have something a little simpler for people to grab to. Does that make yeah. sense? I think, well, you know, if you look at the old comics that, that when Stan Lee was in charge of Marvel, uh, they had long connected storylines and, and characters and situations, but they always would, uh, when you're reading one of the comics, if they had something that connected to that, they would have a caption that would say, you know, hey, this is, you know, they'd explain who this character was and what they're, you know, why they were attacking or who they were, you know, and some of the newer comics, you can buy a, a, an X-Men comic and read it and not even see the names of the characters that are talking. They just are standing around on an island talking to each other. And you don't actually even know who they are if you hadn't picked up the other 20 issue previous issues. I, I think that's what Marvel's suffered. The, the last movie that just came out, one of the things I think that the Marvel's movie suffered for was a similar sort of thing, was accessibility. If if you really wanted to get the characters, uh, you know, in the old Marvel movies, they were, they were at least all movies. Mm -hmm. But with the Marvel's, you had to sign up. You had to have a Disney account plus account. Then you had to make sure you watched all the episodes of the Ms. Marvel series. You had to watch, make sure you had watched almost all the episodes of, of WandaVision. And then, of course, you had to make sure you had seen uh, Captain Marvel and probably you should have seen some of the other movies that she showed up in here and there as well. So 
if you weren't signed up to Disney Plus and you hadn't watched the other two series, you had no idea who Monica Rambo was and you had no idea who Ms. Marvel was really, you know? So I think a lot of people didn't go to the movie because they didn't know who those characters were, you know? I, I, that's that's part maybe part of it. I, I To me, I think Marvel has lost its like must-see moment. My theory about that is twofold. Um, one is I don't feel there's a lot of tension in a lot of Marvel movies right now. Like I don't like I, I, I right with a few exceptions there. I never have felt like there was a risk to the hero involved. Um, one of my favorite examples of that is Thor Love and Thunder. I think it's a fun movie, but I never once thought Thor was in danger. I know no, that's totally true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. It was just a it was just a lark. It was just like two people going out on a going out on a picnic or something you know yeah there was no no real stakes yeah and, and don't get me wrong you can have fun with that to some degree but you but if you're asking someone to commit to uh if you're asking someone to commit to something there's like what's the payoff for me like yeah. what's the what's the payoff and i don't think um i don't think like I, and again it i don't think thor is necessarily a bad movie I don't think it's a great movie though either. It's somewhere where it's good, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep if I miss it. Yeah. Right. I, and I think since Avengers Endgame, I don't know if Marvel has had a can't miss movie. Right. I don't know. Right. I haven't felt it. The only time, the only one I kind of feel that I've missed because I haven't watched it because I'm I have become deliberately uncool is <laughs> it is the uh spider-man movies because they everybody has told me that that was really good yeah everyone everyone has said the exact same thing i just i've seen so many spider movies in the last 20 years it's like i'm not in a rush but i can acknowledge that i might be missing something there and that's fine yeah i will go i will go and and check them out i saw the last guardians movie um I thought that was fine. That was a yeah, good, I enjoyed that. That was really that, good too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good send off to that particular franchise, and that's great. Um, I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, uh, right. It, that was good, but I would be hard pressed to think of anything else in the last since that. Okay, Spider Man, sure. Doctor Strange, maybe. I wasn't really crazy about, and this is weird. I like Doctor Strange as a character. I have not been crazy about seeing any of the movies. Just, just my own. Yeah. Then that, that's that's personal taste. I might be just personal yeah. taste. I enjoyed right? the the last Doctor Strange movie. I thought that was really good. Um, I was totally bored with the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, Quantum Mania. I liked parts of it. Uh, there were parts of it I thought were just silly, mm-hmm. like Modok. They ruined that character. Uh, I thought it was silly to to be in the microverse and there's like a bar where people are hanging out drinking. I was just like, really, is that, you know, what a quantum level universe is going to be like, just like here, you know, except it's, you know, it's a bar in space. I, things like that really annoyed me. Um, but, uh, you know, Shang-Chi was pretty good. Uh, yeah. It didn't really connect to anything, but it was good. Well, well, and maybe that's why Shang-Chi was made, because it didn't connect to anything. But what I'm getting at is, I don't, like, based on everything you've just told me, I haven't yeah. missed much, and that's just and that's just that's just where Marvel is right now. I haven't missed much, so yeah, there's nothing worth chattering in that regard. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's it. Like, like they've hit they hit a point where they've established themselves as a property, and and, and again from a business standpoint, and I kind of get it. 
you, you, you're saying I'm a kind of a quote unquote new status quo now that Cap, Mar like the first generation is practically all gone but Thor. Um, but at the same time, there's no tension, there's no risk, there's no need to go into a story. Right. And that's, and that's where, and that's kind of what I feel like with them. Now, maybe when they finally do another Avengers movie, but they might, they, that might change. They might need to do that. But until then, I don't, again, I haven't seen a Marvel. I haven't felt like I needed to see a Marvel movie in a very long time. And that's, that is, I think that is a little bit of an indictment on the studio right now. That's a little bit of an indictment. Like you don't have the same level of I'm excited to go see the movie. And I'm not entirely sure why I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying the movies are bad. Like that's no. not what I'm saying, but I don't feel like I need to go see them. And that when I've hit that particular point, right. I think, I think it's time to go back to the drawing board a little bit. It's like, okay, why aren't people, Right. This, and right? I think it's happened to a lot of people. You're not the only one that feels that way, I suspect. So yeah, I, I, I go to the movies. I generally I'm a been a comic fan my whole life. I do comic books. Uh yeah. you know, I've I've done about 40 comic books uh you know in my career. And so I'm always interested in that. And I I, I have a sure. in, uh, professional curiosity about where, you know, what the latest is and where it's going. And and I like to so I can you know, I hold discussions with people like you about, hey, what did you think of this? And, you know, uh, hey, where is this going? And all that kind of stuff. So I watch them uh, for no other reason than that. Uh, but I, I, you know, I enjoy them for the most part. Oh, I, and by the way, I, I want to say this, like, I don't think this, I don't think it's a crime to enjoy what's there. I don't think, again, I don't think they're bad. I just don't, right? I just don't at this moment go, I need to see this. And that might change. Like something might come up that might blow my mind away completely possible um i i mean i might out of curiosity check out the blue beetle maybe i've heard a lot of good and a lot of not so good about it but i also think D i think i think it's interesting like dc animated people love dc's animated stuff yeah they're just, like, those are really good they they're consistently good yeah Sometimes no, they're they have better character development and more uh drama than than the movies do it's weird i mean they do things with relationships they don't and 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 interpersonal or actions that you don't even you don't see in the movies and it's very it surprises me sometimes yeah my i uh my favorite one of the few things i still actually watch that's current like okay i watch three superhero things that are kind of current the boys which isn't i mean it's a superhero but it's not really kind of but right. it, it's based on a comic invincible i think invincible is fantastic I really enjoyed that cartoon and Harley Quinn. I never thought I'd enjoy all that world building that's done in there, the way it's done. It's, it's very, it's a little tongue in cheek, but it's also got some serious gravity in some spots too. It's like, this is very well done. I never thought I'd like kite man so much in my life. <laughs> I've seen a couple of episodes of, uh, of, uh, invincibles and, uh, Harlequin, uh, I don't have HBO Max, so I only get to see him occasionally. Um, but I, I, I've seen all the boys, and I've been I'm watching Gen uh, V right now. So yeah, I definitely enjoy those. Those are amazing. They're so over the top. It's just well, like, well wow. yeah, but that's part of that's part of the caveat of the boys, right? If you read the original comic, the the show's better than the comic. I'm just being very, very, very blunt. The show is dated. The show's no, not show's dated. The comic. Which one dated. is dated? The comic. The comic's very oh, okay. dated for its time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the concept, a lot of the concepts for the for the show are there, but the show made them by and large better, like more mo- a little bit more of a modern take of it, but also it's just smart. Like even even though it's it's over the top and batshit crazy, right? And right, it's also it's like. I can see that it fits this world. It's a, it's a very. I think I look at I look at it like a character like the deep, and I'm like that. That both the actor and the writers had a shit ton of fun with this character, like a shit ton of fun with him, and you can just see both his growth and oddly his lack of growth at the same time. And you're like, this is terrifying, but I can yet <laughs> also see it right. I can see it completely. And that's something that I think um, a good, again, it doesn't have to be a superhero show, but any good piece of, of fiction does is you're going on with the ride with the character. And when you realize that like you're, the creative team is doing this on purpose. Yeah. Right. It's a great ride. It's an absolute like fun ride. It's when it's when the dots don't connect like fully and completely. That's when things can go completely out of hand. I think I like when I look at like say a DC movie, for example, I think I think they try too hard. That I actually think that's what it really comes down to. They have this idea of how what they're trying to do, and it's just like, this isn't clicking with us. So why right? I look at whereas I think this is where Marvel I think is better is they do grasp the human characteristics of all their characters. Like they do a really good job of that. Um, so it's natural. You're rooting for the people you're supposed to root for. Yeah. And that, right. And that's, that's to Marvel's credit. I think I, again, not to, not to beat the dead horse. I just think right now Marvel does is missing tension and I'm not sure what the fix for that is short term, but that's what I think. That's what I think it is. If they fix the tension issue a little bit, it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think they're they're a little bit stuck in a path at the moment. I'm not sure how they're they've they've already got these things that are they're heading towards, and there's they they have to they're not in a position to just kind of say, well, we're gonna throw this little wing over here. They've got to try and yeah. finish these. I think what they're gonna try and do is try and move them in a direction they think is gonna be more successful or popular, I would guess. I'll tell you what I saw, you were talking about other series, not comics. Uh, my wife and I just finished is really good is if you haven't seen it is blue eye samurai. Okay. Uh, that is animated. I think it's on Netflix and uh, it is phenomenal. It, it's kind of like the boys and it's way bloody over the top, but it's uh, really the character development. It is phenomenal. It is just phenomenal how they write. The, again, it's another example of an animated show that has deeper character development than, than almost any movie I've seen. It's, it's just phenomenal. Uh, if you haven't seen that, look it up. I, 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 I'll, 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 I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Uh, I'm my my current anime picks right now are Spy X Family. I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy that. That yeah. one's okay, but that one again. There's something about like a tone. The tone it a tone once sent set is it will, will encourage people to go on the ride. I enjoy the character development of all the characters, but they're so silly. And it's on purpose, and that's why it's so much fun for me to watch that one. Probably the most character development uh, anime I've ever seen. This dates me a little bit. Is the Full Metal Alchemist series? Is oh yeah. Is, I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. I I think I've seen scattered episode here or there. Uh, I don't. I haven't really uh, committed to it. Uh, I don't think. 
rather than seeing, like I say, a scattered episode. Did you did you watch One Piece? The well, I've actually I've, 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 I haven't seen it. I One Piece by the time I got into it had this like giant library. Like I, I'm a reader first, then I watch TV. Oh yeah, it's just that's just there's just how what I am. So I usually well, I'll find a manga like like I like, and if they have a show, I'll watch the show and just kind of see what what it is and how how faithful and yet also sometimes how different it can be too. Right, television's a different medium. And I, I like it when they play into what the world could be. Um, in term, one piece I've heard good things about uh, for 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 anime. My favorite stuff is from the Alchemist. I love a series called Clogius. That was really really smart. Um, I liked uh, I liked um, what the heck is it? it's, it's blanking me. Fairy Tale is another one. Oh, that one's one of those long ones. Like 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 anime oh, yeah. has like but. but in terms of character development, it's probably some of the best I've seen. Uh, Blue Eyed Samurai probably sounds in the vein of Death Note or Kogius. It's what it sounds like based on what you're telling me. Could be, yeah. Yeah, um, but I I'm mean, not familiar with those, so I don't know that. No, it's, it's 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 fair. It's fair. Um, no, like all these different um, hobbies have these really cool worlds in them, right? And yeah. are, and, and we're and I'm not cool enough to know them all. I think no one is, but we like what we like, right? I didn't, I didn't know anything about One Piece, uh, the anime uh, at all. I'd heard, I think I've seen some art from it when the black and white art. It's cool. It's but cool. I, we watched the 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 series. Like, well, this looks interesting, and we watched this the live action series, and we're blown away again. Just, it's really goofy. The special effects are, are wild. The, the the set design, the world building is phenomenal. And again, what really comes back to what you said earlier they have stakes and the characters are you just fall in love with the characters they they develop them so well and you care so much about them it's just really uh the characters are like onions and each episode they reveal more and more about the characters as you go and it just you get really you you really get involved with them and feel for them and it's again another great series i can't wait to see uh the next one of that or the next yeah. season of that no, I it, it sounds it sounds cool. I'll check out Blue Eyed Samurai. Like so there's there's some there's some good ones out there. Like um, one I hope I, I don't know if they, I don't know if they developed it, but the one I'm really I'm re, I'm just getting into now is called Vinland Saga. It's a oh, yeah. Viking it's a Viking anime. It's very <laughs> very but it's historical. It's actually really really well done, like incredibly well done. It's I would that one would be an amazing series. I'm hoping crossing fingers but uh but on that one to see that someday because it's it's so good um like it, it's historical the characters are very believable right there's a little bit of the tongue-in-cheek uh, you know manga feel to it but it's just like wow like it like that stuff's really cool but like i said good stories doesn't matter what what genre you're in there's a sense of stakes and that get the audience involved in with with maybe the exception in terms of story, although it's done, it though it's still done there is games. It's games ultimately, because games the stakes are ultimately playing the game, right? So it doesn't right, yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what the uh, whether it's a video game or a board game or a card game or or any of these things, the stakes for the player often often involve playing the game. Yeah, I mean, and it's got to be it's got to be enjoyable. You know, you can play games that drag on too long or don't feel like they're going anywhere. So I have the fun. It's a mix between uh, 
having it be challenging and having it be fun and having it feel like it's moving forward. You know, Settlers of Catan is a, a great example of that. Yeah. Or Ticket to Ride are, are games that are easy to play, but very fun. And you always feel like stuff's happening. You know, you're you're moving, you're doing, you're building. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, those kinds of things make it a much more enjoyable. And I think that's why those are so successful, for example. Well, that and they don't, they're not intimidating, right? They're, 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 there's something that anyone can get into. Right, there's yeah. a good sense of community in Ticket to Ride or or, or or games like that, right? You don't need you don't need a necessarily a complex game. You just need something that kind of feels fun to play with everybody around you. And like you said, that's why those Settlers of Catan. Although I, I have seen it, it, that one depends on how competitive the table is. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that yeah. that one that one's all about how competitive the table is because if the table's relatively casual you can enjoy that but i have seen like darbo games that can get really competitive really fast right it's right, almost got, playing with. yeah it's got the monopoly it's got the monopoly syndrome right yeah. <laughs> right it, right it, that's the thing like if, if you're looking at monopoly it's like if you can have fun it's a good game it's an okay game but if there's a bit of a competitive bone in you like that can be it can be nasty right so <laughs> But again, being a card game guy, like my favorite kind of board games are Seven Wonders, uh, Suro's fun, right? I love Suro. Like those are those are cool games, um, board game wise. Uh, are you a video gamer at all? No, I. You know, I'm. Uh, I often tell people I'm much like uh, Doctor Frankenstein, not Frankenstein the monster, but Doctor Frankenstein. I am cloistered away in my tower, working night and day writing novels, putting together comics, working on role-playing materials, making maps. Uh, you can see a couple of maps up behind me over there. There's a world map we just finished and then another one for a dungeon adventure that we did. Nice. Um, so I am, I am. those are my video games. When I want to do the equivalent of video game, I'm sitting down and building a map, creating a world. Uh, you know, uh, that's where my... You know that's how I get as much stuff as I've done over the years. So I'm 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 definitely creating those things as opposed to to playing them. Uh, I just I only have so many hours in my day, and uh, that's that's yeah. where I focus my existence. And then you know when I take a break is when I go out and I'll maybe watch a movie or TV uh, with friends and family uh, when I'm taking a break. And then every so often we'll play a board game. Uh, it gives me a chance to socialize with actual human beings in a room, you know, <laughs> instead no, of sitting I, in my office that. working away. I, I, I uh, see, it's weird. see, I, I have a hard time watching television anymore. I just feel like my mind's always active, right? I've been trying yeah. to turn my, my, my creativity into a living and I'm almost there. It's, it, it, it's, if I keep going the way I'm going, I'll hit, I, I almost hit it this year. I will hit it next year where it's a living wage um and that's that's cool um but in the process of doing all that stuff i find that my mind is always active so if i have to choose between a video game or 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 a television show i always choose the video game i feel like it, right it's, it satisfies because when now watching television it's like i'm pausing and every once in a while it's okay but i can't do it for a long period of time anymore i, just, I often eat I often eat, we often eat dinner while I'm watching TV. So I'm trying to combine my, combine my things. Like, well, I have to eat. So I might as well watch TV at the same time and I can get two things done at once. Yeah. For, you know, I'm usually good for like hour and a half. And then, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, I, I've had enough. 
I'm, I got, I got to go back and get to work or I've got a phone call I got to make or, you know, whatever it is I got else I got to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that's, that's where I've become like television is the one that suffers. Like I'm, de- like I said, I'm deliberately uncool. I've seen two Marvel movies since Endgame. I've been, I've let's see, have I seen anything else? Minus, oh, I saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I saw that. That was good. I, I we saw that. We enjoyed that. That's no, if, if, for for what it was, it was fun. It yeah. felt it felt a little bit. I think to the movie's credit, it felt like a campaign a little bit, which is what I think it needed to feel like a little on some levels. So, yeah. and the story wasn't bad. The story was no. the story. The story was fun. I I from what I was told, it was built based on a real campaign. The, 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 oh yeah, that's great. Right, it was based on a real campaign. So some of the more imperfect parts of the movie were a result of some really terrible roles, right? And that's and that I think that's that's fun. That's very fun. Uh, it adds to the it adds to the um, what happens, at, right? Especially when something doesn't go to plan. Like I've been a DM, right? Where it's like, well, they screwed this up completely. How the hell do I advance this story right here? And there's a couple of those thoughts in the movie. Yeah, but. But to the credit, I mean, to the credit of, of everybody involved, they took it as seriously. I think they had the right amount of taking the lore seriously, but also just I kept a very simple story that anybody who even just came into will just watch a movie would enjoy it. Yeah, I love the world building it, and they used the things. It would very much felt not just like a generic fantasy. You know, there were very specific things from D and D. So it really had a, a nice feel in that regard, I thought. I, I really, um, and, you know, if you weren't a D&D fan, it didn't matter. It was just a weird monster, you know. Oh, wow, it's a, you know, that gelatinous uh, thing that they jump into. The mon- You know, I forget what they call it, but the gelatinous cube monster. And, you know, uh, or some of the uh, the dragon specific types of dragons. I thought that was, it made it, it didn't just make it generic. It was it was great that way, I thought. Oh, yeah, there's, there's lots of cool little Easter eggs in that movie. But it's also just a fun it's a fun story. It. I yeah. don't think it. Again, they didn't try to be Shakespeare. It's like you know we're gonna have some fun, yeah. put an adventure. There's also a feeling of stakes, though. Like something I said earlier, like all the characters were fighting for something. Yeah, and, and that and that was what made it. That was what made it work. Um, also, uh, man, I, I forget who the villain the villain was. I, I forget who, who he was as an actor, but he was fantastic. Uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah, he, he was. They did he was, a really good job with both the villains. The uh, the female. Uh, mage and the other one i thought that was they were both well done and well realized no they both were both characters were really well put together i enjoy i i could tell hugh grant had a lot of fun like i like looking at it like looking at that he was having a lot of fun because he was sort of he had a bit of a roguish charm to him but that's what kind of made him a little terrifying too right he was like a rogue who had done really well and he'd gotten done really well by cheating and 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 uh you know uh and so he was just doing it on a huge scale, you know. Yeah, oh, 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 oh no, he 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 made a deal with the devil, and everybody knew it. Knew it. Yeah. Like not, even even the other bad guy who was a little bit more like the wizard was a little more generic. She didn't like him, and I'm like, I can understand. He's a very he's a very specific kind of snake. There's yeah. an honesty. There is an honesty with what she wanted. Like, like again, it was utterly terrifying, but you you were like. At least you're honest about it. You're not trying to be like something you're not. Whereas him, you're like, you're just a scumbag, complete and utter. But it was, I, but yeah, fun movie. So I, I think that's where Marvel and DC are missing. I think of late, 
uh, the last since Endgame. I'm not sure they've really had a good good villains in their films. They've been just kind of generic. Uh, Hi, I'm a bad guy, or I'm I'm out for vengeance. It's like everybody's out for vengeance all the time, and it's just been a you know. Uh, well, well, again, okay. I, I so I don't spoil Spider Man because I haven't seen any of those. I don't know who the final villain is in 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 the last one. I know Mysterio is the villain in the second one. I saw the first one. So I, I, Mysterio is the villain in the second one. I know that. I don't know who the final one is. But but what I do, again, I'm not cool, folks. It's it's okay. Uh, but the thing is, right, um, they, they, they have, I, I've seen advertisements with Kang. Kang could be a really cool villain for them. A really, really, really cool one. But what does he want, right? What is he, I, I saw... The High Evolutionary in Guardians of the Galaxy three. I thought that was that was okay. That yeah, was, he was good. I liked him as a villain. That was yeah, good. he 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 wasn't a revenge villain. He was a no. monster. He was a literal monster, and that was that was well done. I think what they're missing, and this is going to sound really funny thinking about it, they're missing a look. They're missing a, a Kang. Maybe is that boss guy? I don't know. I haven't watched enough, but they're missing. But they're also missing. Um, they're missing a Loki. And what I mean by that is Loki had a redemption arc. They had like a character trying to redeem themselves. They had characters trying to find their place in life, right? I think the problem with uh, when you look at Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, like those more established characters were comfortable with them. But at the same time, um, I, you know, what are they going for now? Like Thor, they keep taking shit away from him. Because that, 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 that's... that's what they know what to do with them. It's the only way he, yeah, he keeps grow. looking for himself. He keeps trying to find himself. You know, yeah. How many times can you keep doing that and then find yourself, and then the next movie you need to do it again? You know. Yeah, it's just like you know. But so I mean, I think you you can still do I think some fun stuff with Thor, but I also think it, like give him a fun status quo for a while and let him just stay in there for a bit would be good for him. But um for everybody else, it's like okay, what are you looking for? Ant Man has his family um you know i mean black panther i think who is the one they were hoping for but obviously with the way things worked out there i mean that that's unfortunate on some levels but it's also i mean that's the hand they're dealt with right and uh you, you know you gotta kind of play that out and that that's fair but i mean if you're looking at the whole thing it's like there's sort of there's sort of yeah it there's a certain sameness to it and that's kind of like it's the same flavor of ice cream being served over and over and over again. Yeah. And sometimes that that's okay. Like, like, okay, listen, so, I mean, they, I think Marvel has two choices. This is, this is just where I'm at. They either have to go all in on that flavor of ice cream, like Hallmark does. Like, have you ever seen a Hallmark movie? <laughs> yes. Uh, right. Yes. They are the same cheesy thing, but you know what they make. What I love about Hallmark is they don't apologize for it. It's like, you know what? This is our flavor. We're going all in on that flavor. It's like Coke. We're going to be the evergreen of this stuff. And every once in a while, we're going to change the formula and no one's going to like it. But you know what? This is who we are. That's one way to go. The other way to go is, okay, <laughs> okay. We need to change the formula a little bit. We need, to read the, we need to take the ice cream back to the drawing board and we need to try a couple things out and find something that's really going to grab people's attention. Even if they hate a couple of movies, that's fine. You can hate a couple of movies, but find that balance once again, between tension and, 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 and 
roads. Because it kind of, there's, there, like, I, I think comics have the luxury that they can stagnate a little bit, right? They have that luxury of, because it is a soap opera kind of format. Yeah. You, well, you keep, you, like, Peter Parker's never going to have a happily ever after in the comics. Well, you can in a, in the comics you can have a bad issue and and you haven't uh, lost a hundred million dollars. You know, it's just like okay, well we'll try and fix that in the next issue. You know what I mean? It's much harder to do with a movie. Uh, yeah, you know we, you we, can't. It's harder to fix it next time around. Um, so comics are lucky that way because effectively a comic is, you know, it's what twenty four. The thirty-two page comic has actually twenty-four pages of material in it on average. At least the big guys do it that way. And you know, if if an issue is slow or you know does something that people isn't you know it's kind of boring or whatever, it's it, okay. So we had a slow issue. You know, we'll pick up the pace next issue. So you can kind of, like you say, you can kind of get away with that for a bit. Uh, but uh, you eventually have to get back on track. But movies don't have that luxury, I don't think. Um, every movie has to be supposed to be good it's supposed to be exciting and it's supposed to be something people want to watch so they'll come back and see the next one so yeah but i mean here's the thing right you, it's about i mean there's there's a there's a thing right you're gonna ultimately lose money if you keep going this course no matter what again unless yeah. unless you again you embrace the ice cream for lack or embrace the dark side right and if you do that you can kind of like you know okay i'm going to accept it now we're not in our peak and people are going to dip away for a while Right until something else comes along, which, by the way, that's everything's a roller coaster. There's yeah. gonna be peaks and valleys, and I think you gotta you gotta kind of ride through that a little bit, and that's totally fair and fine. Um, if that's your course, cool. But if you want to go like like, but you also there also has to be kind of a little bit, I think, of you have to take chances in your work, right? Yes. If you don't take chances in your work, you. I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with being fan service, but that's all you are at that point. You are fan service. And will that draw the same um, passion? I'm not sure. It doesn't always, if that makes sense. It does. I mean, look, we've, we've been creating stuff uh, for our fan base for years. And so there's always that balance between are you going to uh, give them more of exactly the same thing or can you make it different and more exciting uh, you know when we we did the new version of monsters monsters uh we ended up realizing we had to create an entirely new world and uh we, we did a, a a bestiary for you know the monstery of zimrala and in making a bestiary instead of just making it generic monsters we that's when we got into the aspect of well let's not let's not just make this a, a book of 100 monsters there's there's 80, you know, there's there's tons of books like that. Let's do something different with it. And so we added, uh, we int we created a whole new world for it so that it's not just a, a monster area or a beastie area of monsters. It, there's a whole section that gives you the world where all these monsters exist. And so that's that balance between trying to just create uh, a book of, you know, something that people expect and then giving them something beyond that that gives it more value, more interest and more potential excitement. And I think a lot of people ended up being more excited about the new world, or at least as excited about the new world as they were about the the new monsters we created for the for the game system for Monsters Monsters. So uh, that's that constant balance between uh, you know new and and also giving people things that they want. You know, we had a lot of people wanting us to do a beast here because 
there'd never been one for either monsters, monsters, or tunnels and trolls. Well, well, just going into that just for a second, right? You, you know what your fan base kind of wants. You have this; they have yeah. certain expectations, right? And because they have those expectations, you're kind of like, okay, I have to fulfill some of this, and that's your job. And that's a, by the way, as a creative, that's exactly where you want to be. All right, they want stuff from me. Yeah, they want this stuff from me, and that's cool, right? That's very cool, right? But he also, but for their health as much as yours, like you mentioned with your monster, with your monster, monster, you have to change it up a little bit every once in a while. Yeah, you you have to, right? Right? Yeah, very cool. By the way, very Excellent cool. Monster is Amarillo, and so yeah. the background shows this. We created this whole world that's got uh, ancient Egyptian. Uh, spin-off cultures that left earth uh gods uh there's there's cthulian uh aspects to this world and then uh, a lot of uh sort of lost destroyed civilizations and fallen moons and strange crystalline magic that doesn't exist anywhere else so and dimensional portals all over the planet that allow people to, to travel from any other game system including the old tunnels and trolls system to zimrala to, to either visit or live there so yeah, we had a lot of fun doing that. You know, it was, it was yeah, fun. and and it probably was good for everybody involved too because from your end, it's like okay, yes, we are delivering monsters and tunnels and trolls and, and the whole yeah. those whole universes. We know what the audience kind of expects, and they love it, and so do we. But every once in a while, you're like, you know, this needs a bit of a swift kick in the ass, a little bit of <laughs> yeah. a kick, right? Right? It needs it. Yeah, for you and for, as much for you as it is for the for the franchise, right? Because if you're doing the same, if you did the same map over and over and over and over and over again, that would be hell, yeah. right? It would be it, it would be hell. Now that all said, when you do your maps and you do some of the other things you do, your audience has a certain expectation, and you don't mind it because hey, a it pays the bills, and two, hey, listen, this is what they want. Who am I to right. argue, right? Yeah. Who am I to argue? But even so, you know, you're like, you know what? You know what? Do you know what I need to do with the map every once in a while? I'm going to set it on fire underneath. So it looks <laughs> like a burnt treasure map. Why? Because, right, yeah. Right, right? Because that's different. That feels like a, a, a little bit of something unique. I need that for my sanity. And if I need that for my sanity a little bit, so does the audience once in a while. Now, again, you can go back to that. Again, I'm talking about ice cream flavors. You can serve that ice cream flavor again next month. But, yeah. every, but every once in a while, okay, let's say, let's say your flavor always is chocolate ice cream. Do you know what the chocolate could use every once in a while? Mint. Do you know what other chocolate could use once in a while? Maybe maybe like little pieces of candy here and there. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. Right? Just, just every once in a while, you do something a little different so that it actually embellishes what you're what the core of what you're doing and sometimes also doing that stuff you discover cool shit and you're like hey wait a second why this is a genius this is ingenious why didn't i think right. of this before? oh yeah right Many things are discovered by you know invented by accident you know i mean there's yeah. no i yeah. think the other, the other cool thing you you mentioned like a burned map right so the fun thing about doing that uh is you make a, a map that's burned and then you say well wait why don't we set this up so that the adventurers find this map 
in the ruined burned ruins of a building. So yeah. then the burn map has a context that's burned for a reason. It's like, oh, well, we found this in the ruins of the, the abbey, you know, yeah. uh, and now we have to find the treasure that wherever this building is, you know, and so you that suddenly it, it, it takes on extra meaning besides just being a cool effect. Uh, right, exactly. Or, or hell, or some, or maybe like, like a piece of it's missing. Let's go another right. way. Right. Yeah, there you go. They find it. It's like, someone got to the map before you did and they burned a piece of it on purpose so now you're creating double yep. tension right now you're creating yeah. two, two points of tension what are they hiding in that spot like there's a natural like what's there but the right. other thing too yes. now is the other thing too now it's a race you're going against somebody else right maybe they're looking for the other piece too yeah exactly so you've created you've created two little again just doing a simple thing you've created possibilities that would not have existed with a regular map, yeah. right? Right now, that's not to say that the next time you don't go to a regular map, but it's just like going to storytelling sometimes, right? Just going back to storytelling, let's do this a little differently. Some once in a while, it's healthy, right? I don't, and I think, I think not, and I think that's any and all, all forms of mediums is sometimes movies too, right? You know, like again, people people like were somewhere in the middle of it. I love I, I I love that they tried something new with the Ghostbusters. I love I like that was that was different, and it was like okay, you know what? Didn't always always grab you, but at least but it's like okay, let's try something new. Let's well, yeah. right, let's try something new. Let's try something different, and let's and let's keep that tone. What it is, right, right. I kind of wish, like when I, I like, like a series of make could do with some deviation. Star Wars could use some deviation, right? Just let's go down a different, or a series or another one. Star Trek. I don't think every show that's come out since a certain point is for me because I'm an old school Trekkie, right? Yeah, me too. Right, but at the same time, I also recognize too, like. I think Lower Decks is a cool idea. I love the idea of Lower Decks. It's a fun show. But at the same time, it's not for me. Discovery is not necessarily for me. It's for, but they also realize Star Trek has to evolve with the times. It's not my Star Trek anymore. They can't just target, I'm not cool anymore. They can't just target me. <laughs> there you go. Right, right. And, and that's the thing, right? Sometimes I think, I think every franchise needs every once in a while you have to tilt the axis and then now sometimes in that tilt you go exactly back to what you were before but that's okay the tilt was necessary yeah i mean i enjoyed uh i watched some of the um episodes of the new uh what is it strange new worlds yeah that's been pretty good i had to get used to the characters not looking like the characters from the original series but uh, you know, Uhura doesn't look anything like you could possibly imagine Uhura looking like. And uh, Nurse Chapel, for example, you know, she doesn't look anything like the original Nurse Chapel. But uh, that being said, I, I, of the of the series, all the series they've done, I've seen bits and pieces of all of them. I think that that Strange New Worlds is the one that I found the most uh, engaging and enjoyed the most. And, and that's fair. I'll, I'll have to check that one out. I like I said, I, there's there's a lot of them, right? So it's just yeah. like, so it's just like, some of them are like, that's okay. That's okay. Discovery. Holy shit, you're dark. Um, right. And, 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 and yeah. So um, but I mean that's that's the thing, right? Sometimes 
but that's the thing you have to sometimes take those chances right especially it's like when you look at it like i i look at like sometimes it's about going back to what made the character great but sometimes it's about okay let's try something new and yeah. you know that's well i think that's Strange New Worlds example is something you referenced a little while ago was like after they tried some really experimental stuff, they said, well, let's try and do something more like the old series. Yeah. You know? and so let's try and make it more episodic and a little bit more formal and a little bit, you know, uh, and so they manage. And so it feels more like and it's on the Enterprise. So it feels more like the original series. And, it's you know, it's got Pike as the captain. It's actually, like I say, I of, of all the things they've done in the new uh TV Paramount uh, version of Star Trek. That's to me been the most successful of, of everything they've done so far. Yeah. So. Oh no, and that and and that's fair. I I think I think there's a um, again sometimes it's about just making 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 a. It's like when they took John Romita Jr. off of Spider Man for a long time, and everybody was like, "Well, why'd you do that?" And I loved Quesada's answer at the time. He's like, "Here's the thing." Everybody knows he's the best artist for Spider-Man. I know he's the best artist for Spider-Man. But here, but I want the audience to miss him. So they don't take for granted how good he really is. Right. So, yeah. Right. Sometimes that, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Sometimes that can work. Sometimes you have a big uh, sales drop off too. I mean, I remember I used to buy a lot of DC back in the 70s and early 80s. I was buying uh dc comics that were done by jack kirby and they would yes. do they'd start a series and he'd be on it for you know uh, 12 issues or whatever and then get somebody else and then um i'd be like yeah i don't care about this anymore <laughs> so i'd stop no, reading no no it, but, it, you know that's the trade-off that's the trade-off but also but you gotta but again sometimes you have to like you have to make a calculated decision sometimes you can't always ride these highs you can't do that. Sometimes you have to let things dip a little bit because long-term health. Okay. Again, life is a roller coaster. We go up, then we go down, then we go yeah. up, then we go down, then we go yeah. up, then we go down. That's the natural ebb and flow of life. So when it's up, the time is we want to stay here as long as we can. There's, and there are ways to do that and milk it. And, that, and again, that's good business. But inevitably, it's going to go down. So the question is, okay, do we try to do some artificial things to try to jack it up? Or do we take this opportunity, right? Cut, right? Okay, put Jack Kirby on for a year. On By the way, uh, Kennedy at Earth's End and, uh, is still one of my favorite. It's my favorite book I don't have. Man, right? you last boy on Earth. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's a Kirby. And that, is one, that is my favorite Kirby DC. I have every Mark. issue of that series. I bought them. When I was a kid, got them all. So I think a it's little, like two issues. I, 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 I'm I, I'm a little jealous because <laughs> see because when I go to the shop, when I go to the shop, that's one of those series like the old get like the older collectors. Yeah. They look at it with a smile, and it's it's a nostalgic smile, and that makes me always a little sad because sometimes you know this, you go to the, like the back issue bin, you find a run, you can sometimes make a deal. That's that's a series you can't make a deal on. They, I'm surprised they, they haven't done that as a computer animated show or uh, um, even a live action. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know? yeah, I, I'm genuinely stunned too, to be very honest with you, because it's such a cool idea. Yeah, but, and it stands alone by itself. You don't need any connection. It could just be an independent movie. It has nothing to do with DC. You could just I, do I, it. 
I would I would totally be into a modern day Cam and D comic. I would yeah. I'd do it in a heartbeat, like legitimately, right? Um, They've tried some miniseries and you know, crossover bits here and there. It's just, uh, you know, uh, where they kind of just rehash the same thing, except oh, Batman's in this issue, episode or something. But yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, I mean, a truly original take on that would be yeah. so cool. I, I, I honestly think. Like the one thing DC still beats Marvel in is history. There is so much to like, especially some of the Golden Age characters. There's so much yeah. there. I think I think you could do a really cool archaeological, like a Kamedy arch, like post-apocalyptic history, secret history of the DCU. I think it's I think you could do something really cool with that character. I I think there's a lot of untapped potential there, and I I'm really really shocked no one's tried like really tried not to just do a rehash but yeah. something something so different um would be i think it'd be i think it'd be really cool um yeah if i was warners i was doing max i'd say let's look let's just do a commandy series and let's just do it and we don't even pay up the fact it's a dc item let's just do it as a sci-fi thing like our version of last of us right yeah let's do that on max and we'll we'll film that as a live action series and just do it and it's like it's but there. It, happen, it, could, so. it, it could be done. It could be like that. That is one property I look at. It's like there, like you from potential. It's up here. Let's <laughs> yeah. let's right. Like it's here. Like you yeah. could go in so many directions, and it would be fun. Um, and I think I think as long as it's fun, it'll work. That's a series that does require a certain bit of. Let's just go along for the ride, right? And that's right. That yeah, is, and you know, maybe with the success of something like uh, One Piece, it it yeah. might be more possible now because that. There's certain aspects of that series that are commandy like it's about a young boy going out on a crazy quest in a world he really doesn't know about. And he keeps meeting weird animal, semi animal beings and strange other people and, and he meets up, he kind of builds this little team of people and explores this totally bizarre, weird, wild world. It, it has those aspects. And so you could you could definitely see someone doing it as a Say, well, what else? What have we got that's like that? And there, there would be one right there. Although, you know, Commandy doesn't have the fan base of One Piece, obviously. So, well, but, 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 but that that sometimes that works to your advantage too. Like, look at Guardians. Like when the first Guardians movie came out, no right. one, nobody knew what that was, right? Nobody knew what that was. That's an opportunity. Yeah. Right. You have an opportunity mm -hmm. with something like that to go. Okay. Like, okay, I'm a Ninja Turtles guy. You can't do that with the Ninja Turtles. It's always going right, to be. Everybody knows what that is. Yeah. Everybody knows who that is. So you can't. You can't mess with again. There's some things about that formula you can't touch. There's some <laughs> things you can play with, but there's not. But it's not. It has to be a story about brothers, right? It's got to be a right, current, yeah. or it has to have. And that they got to be turtles, and they got to live in a sewer, and you know. Yeah, so, you, they don't. I I actually think the sewer part's optional, but I but they have to be enough. turtles. They have to they have to be they have to be turtles. They have to be brothers, and they have to be ninjas. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because again. That's another franchise that you can tell any kind of story in it you want. You want to do time travel? You can do time travel. If you want to right. do outer space, you do outer space. You want to do like a grounded detective story? You can actually do a grounded detective story, right? Yeah, in the city, they got to figure out you know, what happened to April was kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah again, figure out have, like the range with that is ridiculous, but, but four turtles that are brothers that happen to be ninjas, that that, Right, and it had to be teenagers. That's it. So that's it. If you can keep that, 
keep that in mind. You can go anywhere you want. And there that's you cool. go. Well, right. If so, only they listen to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, well they, they they well, I, I think turtles they got right. I think turtles turtles are just fine. Um like but but I mean you look at DC, you look at where they're at and where they're going. You look at Marvel and where they're at, where they're going. Like I get it, they're big franchises. There's big risk you take if you go if you veer course. But I think sometimes again, you have to you have to pick things to tilt the axis on every once in a while. Um and I think it's healthy. It just is, right? So um and because every other kind of every other kind of medium does this on some level and when you and it's in those risks that you discover things so um i have you know we've talked for over an hour have we really yeah yeah i know i i hope you've had fun so far yeah it's Um, been great yeah we when should we uh, what do we how long do you want to go i might i want to talk about your novels before we go and then after that and then after that like or your comics like what are you working on right now? I should ask that. That let's start there, and we'll and we'll we'll figure out where to wrap up from that. Does that does that sound like a plan? Yeah, I've I've got some art, but I worry about being able to actually show it to you and make that work. No, um, no, 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 no. So okay, so can't talk about that. What was your last okay project? Either you really did personal, whether it's a novel or a comic or like I obviously you just re- it sounds like you just released the sure. Well, let's let's start with the novel. I'll do that. Yeah. So uh, a friend of mine, uh, Deborah Kerr and myself, we came up uh, long ago. I came up with this idea for um, a city of gods, sort of a, you know, why did all the gods leave Earth? Where did they go and what happened to them? And so that was sort of the germ idea for this novel, which ended up the first novel is like 420 pages. And the second one is, I think, 416 pages. and so uh, originally this was going to be used for gaming purposes and we actually have done gaming connected material to it there's a city of the gods uh map pack up there and then a lot of the city of the gods stuff appears in the monster is amrala we one of the characters in this book uh, a couple of characters in in this book show up in the monster as important figures in the world of Zamrala, the egyptos goddess segment for example so um it started out i had this crazy idea it was going to be a play by mail game originally. And um, I started working up, well, who's in the city? And it got more and more detail. I got to the point where this is, this is so immense. It's too big for, for just a play by mail game. And I ended up doing a, a, starting to write a novel. And I got my friend Deborah Kerr to help me work with me to write it. And we co-wrote it together. And um, one of the things kind of interesting about it is besides the novel, we did it because we wanted it like these are all the classic gods of old. We we didn't update them like so many things do. These are the original gods as people remember them, but they just live in a different realm, sort of a a, a plane beyond, you know, kind of like you know, a plane beyond. It's not a planet. It's a, it's another realm where they ended up. There's another character. Um, so we illustrated it like we did ancient, you know, like they did books back in the the 1800s. You know, illustrated. Yep. Novels used to be illustrated. And so that's what we did with this book. And so uh, that made it, I think partly because I'm a comic book fan. Oh, yeah. I wanted to tie that in. Here's a back. I wanted to tie it into that whole concept. And so I love the idea of an illustrated novel. So that was that's how we did this. And in this book, you sort of meet the main characters and you find out 
why where are the gods and why did they leave that's sort of the big questions in the in the first novel and from there like i say we've expanded on we've done uh comic book you know we've done the gaming stuff where they're part of the the start of monsters monsters and i'm trying to finish uh we're trying to finish the third novel right now so that's been the big the big push uh in between all the other projects i'm working on so there you go so okay there's a lot there's a lot we can okay and there's i'm not gonna go down to, I'm, we're, 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 we're gonna go we're gonna go do a side tangent then we're gonna go 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 back into your, your series a little bit no problem <laughs> so i'm a big fan of illustrated books too actually like I I I I, uh, I thoroughly enjoy the the idea of them. I think in in modern times, the the place where I I find those there's only two spots I find them: Japanese light novels, yeah, or yes. or or YA. Right. Yes, those are it. That's the only places you see them anymore. Yeah, and, and I I honestly wonder why because um, I'm looking at like we live in a very interesting age in the fact that okay in terms of publishing anything is possible and commercially viable is not doesn't mean quite the same thing it once did you know yeah. what i mean it doesn't quite mean the same thing because it's no longer about just going yes you want as big an audience as you possibly can that's that's true but the reality of the situation is because of the nature of how internet's evolved today the audience is no longer this one big giant like mass of people you're trying to figure out Everybody's got their own interests. We talked a little bit about our, our interests throughout this conversation. Yeah, sure, yeah. Right, right, right. So, like, those things, again, not everybody shares those things anymore. So I think what's happened today is that publishing in particular has become far more niche, right? And I think, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, I think there are a lot of parts of the publishing industry, again, not knocking traditional publishing at all. There, there's yeah. that they have an audience they hit and they know what they're doing. I think sometimes I'm wondering. <laughs> I, I think they know what they're doing. Um, so, and that's fine. But there's so much of the audience that's not being served by that particular thing that you can literally carve your niche today in a whole bunch of places. It's just it's just looking at it from the world of okay my my shit I, th I think my shit's cool who else is gonna like it and having the acumen to go and you know go to those people and say hey my stuff is awesome and then, i mean yeah, sometimes and sometimes and sometimes it it it's not as awesome as you think it is sometimes it's more awesome than you could have possibly imagined and you you don't know until you go out there right but that's the that's the whole i think that's the whole secret today is I think, I think books in particular, there is a lot more room to be more experimental today. And that seems to be the conversation today is talking about that willingness to go off into the unknown a little bit, yeah. right? That seems to be the big overall theme. But I think, and I honestly, and honestly, I honestly blame games for this. This is this is this is why I, I and this is gonna sound weird. Games have become more interact. I think games, particularly video games have taught the audience that they can tell stories in different ways and they and it has forced it has forced books at, and to a lesser extent television and movies to be far more interactive i think games are the reason why 
And because the more interactive something is, the more you feel like a part of something, the more likely you're going to invest in something. Yeah, and I think th that makes a good point. Yeah, yeah, I think that's just something that's 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 something I've seen. It's like I think the fact that we live in a world of Dungeons and Dragons and and monsters and monsters and and games like this, it has it has. We're talking about the world, whole world building thing. I think that's what games took from novels was the whole idea of we have to have a story behind what we're doing. And as time has gone on, games have become far more intricate in their stories because they realize, hey, if I have a compelling enough story here and I give you the ability to interact with the story as only a game can do, well, I got the best of all worlds. And I think if you look at it, because a novel, I can imagine the story, but I can't interact with it. A television, oh, it's true. right? It's a, like a movie. No, yeah, yeah. I think a movie. I think a movie has an even bigger. I think. I, I think movies. I think in some ways have a bigger challenge because the temptation when you watch a movie is you're not using your imagination at all. Even the most intricate game, whether it's a video game or a board game, requires a degree of imagination. It forces you to because you're interacting with the world. So it requires. It when you're reading a book, you have, you have to imagine what the character looks like. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, I feel books a step behind the game, right? Just a step. You can't interact with it, but you're forced to imagine the world. So in an odd way, you are interacting with it, but not to, not to the same level of degree. So I think, I think if you look at a book today, I think the possibilities of, okay, how can I make my books more interactive? Yeah, I think I think that's an honest question that I think if you're an author, you should be asking because like looking at what you do, you have a wealth of skills that are very valuable to you when you do tell stories because you help construct them, not just in a telling a story way, but a world building way. You understand the importance of world building. You, you, you've interacted with people, you've played with people that want to be yeah. involved. So it gives you a very unique insight into what does my audience expect? That I don't think necessarily an author by itself would see. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna grab you an example really quick, hold on. Yeah. When we were developing the, the novel, one of the things I came up with was a map of the city of the gods. And so because I have the skills that I do, I was able to really do something. And I'll, I'll again, I'll just kind of get the idea here. This is the city of the gods, right? Mm -hmm. So it kind of shows you, it's very, you know, there's different sections for all the different realms. And then on in the map book, I was able to actually identify all the uh, lo main locations and then describe them in, in uh, game terms like what this you know and, and describe the buildings what's in the buildings and so in working on the novels especially the second and the third one we were able to refer back to this map mm -hmm. you know well how far how long would it take him to walk from the Egyptian quarter over to the the great library how far is it across from the arena to the slave quarters so we could actually look use this map which we designed for game purposes in writing the novel and make sure that it, it all fit and it, it made it easier for us to to you know write within that world because we had this so that's a really good example of what you were just talking about where my skills in one uh aspect of my abilities i was able to help 
both me and the other writer to develop, you know, work out where the things are in the city, you know, for example. Yeah. Uh, it, can so, be something, it, it can be something that simple, but it, again, that's the whole point. Like if you're looking, if you're a creative today, one of the things you got to look at is like, how do I make something more interactive? Yeah. Yes. And that was part of the goal with, with the, when we did the book was like, and even with the monstery and everything I do is, is what can I do that will make this different from what other people are doing and make this special from what other people are doing? You know, if I add illustrations to the novel, will that make that more uh, alluring to people? Oh, wow. I haven't seen one uh, illustrated novel, uh, you know, since my grandfather had a book like that. That's cool. You know, and it's not for kids. Wow. Or, you know, oh, you've got a monstery, but you actually have a whole world that goes with it. You know, we're trying to add uh, extra value. We, we, we've we published a bunch of solitaire adventures for Monsters, Monsters. And one of the things we uh, we heard from, again, listening to your fan base, they were like, you need to do more GM adventures. So what we started doing was whenever we came out with a solitaire adventure, we would add we would take that and then we would add a map and additional information that showed you how you could use the solitaire adventure to run it as a GM adventure. And that was something special and it added value to the book. So even if you didn't care about playing a solo adventure, you could use it as reference and have a map and run it as a GM adventure. So we're always trying to look for ways to, you know, give people more. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and cause at the end of the day, people want a good story. It doesn't matter what the, it doesn't matter what the genre or the, or this medium is ultimately even uh, like even a game like Ticket to Ride. There's an incredible world building in it, right? Yeah. Whether people realize it or not, it's there. There's a there's a quiet story. Again, sometimes with a game, the story isn't in the forefront, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a story there. And look right? how many versions they've done. How many tickets to rides are there? There's like it, Europe and Asia and the U.S. Yeah, and exactly. Many. Yeah, exactly. it's unbelievable how many there are Africa. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, that's what happens when you have a hit. You're like, well, we want more. And you're like, oh, shit, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. uh, right, right. And that's a good problem to have. But I mean, that, that, that's that's yes. what happened there, right? And and that's 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 what you do, right? You see, so you accommodate to the best of your abilities. But even so, it's like, again, you look at something like Ticket to Ride. Story isn't at the forefront. But that doesn't mean there isn't a story there. Right. Right, and and that's something that um, if you're a game designer and you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, however you do, however you end up finally seeing it, um, or viewing it or listening to it, whatever the case may be, um, you got to understand that everything is world building. So, and uh, you have to you have to you have to you have to do you have to do those things, um, you have to do those things accordingly. So, that all said, Mr. Steve. I think, I think we have gone. We've gone quite a while. We've gone. Yeah, yeah sorry about that. You mean no, 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 no. This, this is what the show does. Like this is now going to the very beginning. Go. What are we going to talk about today? I will figure right. out. Like is there, right. A we'll wide think. ranging interview. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's. I think those are the best kind. Myself, I got to learn a little bit about you. So I'm going to ask two questions, and then we're going to wrap up. First okay, sounds good. This. Everything you do, because you do game stuff, you do art stuff, you do like you, you write stuff. What's your, if do you do you have a favorite? Now that's a good question. Um, boy, you know, uh, I, I I I do enjoy it. I think I think uh, 
meticulous detailed art is probably my funnest thing. I like uh, doing maps and doing detailed illustrations. I do a lot of stipple work and things like that. And that's almost like knitting, you know, where somebody just sits and knits. In a way, I go into a like a Zen-like state where I can just sit there and detail out a map. And sometimes that's really that's that's really enjoyable when I'm I'm in that mode. So I guess I would say that. Uh, in terms of gratification, I have to say writing uh, in, in terms of feedback and people telling you how they've fallen in love with your character or they really love the story or, wow, I wasn't expecting that. I love I love where it's going and when's the next one. That's the most enjoyable in terms of feedback, you know, is, is the writing aspect, I think. So there you go. There you go. All right. So I, I you answered my second question. I, I see I have a theory. I always ask an artist what's their favorite thing to draw, but oh, yeah. I think for you, I think for you, that's a map. It sounds like that. <laughs> that that's that, and I, I think it's cool. I, I so when I when I was a kid, I think you, I think you'll appreciate this. And I was a kid, so my dad was a truck driver. So I oh, used, no, wow. was a, so my, once upon a time, and uh, back in back in the more wild days, he would occasionally let me go on trips with him. Right, and that's right? cool. Yeah, it's cool. So in the wilder days of, of yore, right? Um, but at the same at the same time, um, I would he I would once upon a time I would always study maps how to go how to get there back in the days when people would actually read. Maps yeah, I was that to, way as a kid. I love maps. Yeah, yeah, I I did too. So I used to actually when I when I would um, because of all the different highways, I used to always love. So always fascinated by all the different highway lights because it would just highlight how. The infrastructure of a road was right. Oh, yeah. just, just based on that. So I would take I would, I would take playing cards as a kid, and I would like to design highways because I figured I would be like using that them as kind of like the lights. So, <laughs> right. So right. That was what I did as a kid. I used to love. I I just figured because of your love of maps, you would appreciate yeah. that. Do you remember those bingo cards when you were on a car? Where it would have it would have a picture of a stop sign and a picture of a. a a railroad crossing and a you know yeah, 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 yeah. a little window and you would slide it if you found one you wanted to see who got the the, the line of finding the most things and the those are really old but they were a lot of fun yes you know, when you're 10 years old it, it, actually actually that that might actually still work to this day someone i'm sure would design that design i did want to talk if i don't talk about our my next kickstarter project coming up chris uh I, that, 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 that 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 was what we're that that was the last thing we were you'll never forgive you no 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 <laughs> So this is like this is the conversation. I always save the plugs until the very end because no, that understand. right because that's a good way to wrap up. So if you got a Kickstarter, like the, like your most recent release, or I guess your Kickstarter, this is where you want to plug it. I wanted to talk about our next Kickstarter. It ties into what we've been talking about in in several ways. The main one, one of the main ones, being that doing something different and. Uh, adding value to something. So Chris and I have done several, Chris Pergundi, Pergundi have done several comics together. Uh, I'll just grab two examples real quick. And show them. I'm not going to go into details about them, but for instance, here's two of them. Okay. His character is, is uh, Erica America. My character is Demi the Demoness. And then we also uh, have Vampiruni, who's a witch slash vampire character. So cool. um, we are going to publish some new comics this is an enhanced version of this an enhanced version of this and a brand new comic as a kickstarter but what we're going to do with them that's really unique is that we are going to add gaming material to the back of these 
We're going to describe the characters in gaming terms with stats. We're going to give you nice. maps of some of the locations in the comic. And we're going to give you stats of the monsters. You know, we can see one on the cover that appear in the comic. And I don't know that maybe I probably someone's done this before, but you know, it, it's, been it's not been done recently. And so our next Kickstarter is we're going to publish these three comics as a set, or you can buy them separately as a Kickstarter. And they're going to have, they're going to be part of the monsters, monsters game system. Okay. So they'll tie into that and then there'll be comics. And so it, it'll be, you'll have a comic and you'll have gaming thing all at the same time. So that's the, the next big thing we're going to do is a Kickstarter, probably early 2024 sometime we'll, we'll, we'll be announcing that and it'll actually come out. So do you have a page or anything where people can get more information on this? Uh, I will send you a link after, after our, our interview. Okay. And uh, so you can, you know, we can kind of see what we're some of that. Yeah. So, that, that'd be kind of cool. Okay. So then what you, then what you should do here, then to fully wrap up and then we'll, then we'll call it a day. How can people find you if they want to chat with you? You know what? Uh, I'll give you my email address. I, I don't mind. Whoa, whoa. Stop, stop, Steve. Do you have a webpage? Like me and you personally? Can yeah, you... I have a web. I can do that. Yeah, do do a webpage. Don't, do you no may problem. not, you may be surprised with what you get there. Let's do the webpage. Uh, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's stevecrompton.com. So, or stevencrompton.com, one of the others. So I'm going to go to stevecrompton.com. I'm putting, I just typed it into the oh, uh, good. Twitch. Hold on, hold on a second here. It should be uh, my blog thing. Hold on a second here. I'm sad. Okay. Stephen Crompton, it looks like, is what it's going to be. Hold on a second. Let's, let's, okay. Let's, yeah. let's see if I know something here. Uh, let's let's see if I know something. At, hold on a second here. No, that's not that either. Hold on. Train professional right here. They gave me an award for this, Steve. <laughs> they gave me an award. They gave me an award. Oh, okay. It's it's WordPress. It's it's a WordPress Yes, it's website. a WordPress site. Yes. That's oh, cool. okay. Okay. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. So, folks. If you're if you're watching me type this in right now, or if you're listening to me typing this in, it's stephencrompton.wordpress.com. There you go. I think I got that right. Yes, stephencrompton.wordpress.com. I'll get an update on there too. I need to do one right away. I, you know, it's been a while, so I'll get an update uh, on there so people can yeah, talk I'll, about this in it. So I'll, 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 be, I'll be doing the same thing actually. So actually, as soon as we're done, because I'm I'm getting ready to launch some stuff myself, and that's how we're going to wrap this show up. So ladies and gentlemen, this that will do it for this episode. Just Josh, I want to thank Steve very much for uh, being able to put up with. Uh, we've got almost ninety minutes, Steve. As I thought, I figure. I, 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 and oh, by the way, I don't, I don't, I enjoyed it. It was fun chatting with you. Um, oh, good. I hope it wasn't too boring. Uh, you know. No, no, no. I, dude, we we talk about taking risks, making maps, and. Uh, and and why we think the Marvel movies suck? It's not. We gave a review of like a ton of Marvel movies and TV. Yeah, stuff. so yeah, it was it was, <laughs> it was fun, and even some DC stuff. And why we're like, why DC screws this up? But anyway, no. For ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be doing some stuff for the next uh, little bit. I'm going to be launching a Kickstarter video service for creatives for like basically making assets because during campaigns, a lot of creatives are, are unsure what to do in the middle or even at the end when it's over and. I make videos all the time and I can help you guys do that. That and that stuff's going to be launched officially on Monday. The other thing that's going to be launched, although it may not be Monday, but it'll be launched soon is a, I'm actually doing a podcast course, teaching people how to actually put a podcast together or producing a show. So I'll be doing that. That's more information is coming next week. So that'll be that. And beyond all that folks, I'm not sure when I'm going to be coming back to doing another episode of the podcast on stream. Uh, we're in the holiday season and I'm going to be quite busy for the next few weeks. 
Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to get to do another one before the year is up. So I'm just saying that, that right now. That could be your last. For, for the year, you might be the last one. You, might, you legit might be the last one for the year. There might be a window right before Christmas. I might do a couple more, but it's sure. going to be a while. It's going to be it's going to be a while before I get to the next ones, folks. So uh, enjoy this. Enjoy this for what it was. I want to thank Steve very much for coming on the show. So thank you, Steve. Glad you did. Was, thank you very much. Yeah. And for everybody watching, everybody listening, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Stay inspired. Keep shining in the dark. And I'll see you guys next time. Healing Hands airs every Monday on channel Healing Hands YYC, hosted by Chanel Bostic. Healing Hands is a massage therapy education show in which Chanel shows you exactly some massage techniques, how to heal, and the basics of getting started. Check it out every Monday at Healing Hands YYC. Click on the link below to subscribe. Josh. Josh.